0: This is Grilling at the Green After Hours with JT. It's the conversation
1: after the broadcast ended.
0: Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here at Grilling at the Green. I'm JT, and today we're talking with Dave Riffy. He is from Carlsey Golf. Excuse me. I dropped my script here. And uh, Home of the Reimer, um, back in Sioux Falls. And I, I guess you don't think of Sioux Falls normally as a golf mecca, but D- <laughs> Dave and some of his friends have kind of turned it into that. Um, you're a little bit of the Steve Stricker in the wintertime indoors deal. Uh, like, but I don't think you guys are hitting in a double-wide trailer. I think you're probably well, something with a higher ceiling.
1: Anyway... They just added a great shot here, which is kind of a top golf, and um, it's sold out. I mean, Sioux Falls is a town that everybody plays golf, kids, men, women. The, the women's program and an executive course here has 250 ladies, and it takes two days to play it. Yeah, That's at a little executive course. But, I mean, this is a town that just everybody golfs. It's just great. <laughs>
0: So. <laughs> well, I got to tell you a quick story here. I work with the Painted Hills people, the beef. You heard me mention it in the show. Mm-hmm. Been great people to work with. I've been working with them for uh, over 15 years. A few years ago, they did what they call uh, a meet and greet, hence M-E-A-T. And that that's where they bring in... Our clients from the grocery stores and the restaurants and the distribution hubs and all that. And they have a big party and they, a few people give little speeches. I have had to give a couple, but they also had several times a golf tournament. Now, where they're located is what I like to say about five miles from hell over in a little town called Fossil, Oregon. It's a really pretty country. Um, years ago, there was a big lumber outfit. And and a little crossroads out of town of Fossil. Now, my Fossil has about 300 people. And so that was the big city compared to a place called Kinzu, which Kinzu was this mill, and they built houses up there for the people that worked at the mill. And they had a little general store for them and all this stuff. Well, they built them a six-hole golf course. So years ago, the mill was sold, and they dismantled everything. The houses, the mills, everything. You can still see where they were, but there's nothing there. But the golf course stayed. It's the only PGA-ranked six-hole course in the country. And so when you play 18 there, you play three rounds. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's like that. So we had the Kinzu Open a couple of times. We won. We won that. So you just have to putt around elk tracks and stuff. But it's a lot of fun. So um, what my point in telling you this is, just like in Sioux Falls, I think that Big golf marketing sometimes overlooks the smaller, rural, right. ag-centric areas. But if you really look at them, they are always really supportive of the local golf course. Mm-hmm. They all like to play golf. The ranchers, yep. the farmers, their wives, there's a ladies yep. uh, club, there's a men's club, there's all this. And, and they normally can't do it over the wintertime. But as soon as the snow melts, they are out there and they are playing and they play right up till the day before Christmas or when it snows, you know, you got it. and I, and yeah. I just think that big marketing has kind of overlooked those people.
1: Here they have, like, I grew up in a little town called Gerard, Illinois, and we had a little course called Oak Leaf. It was a par 32, nine hole over. And. Tough par threes. One par three had Grand Canyon to the right and Death So I mean, you had to hit the greens. It was a tough. And we would go out, ride our bikes out, play anywhere from fifty-four to eighty-one holes a day. Sure. You know, swimming had a pond and all this kind of stuff. Had a hog farm next to one of the holes. You'd slice it over there and figure it. Up. And then here in South Dakota, every little town has a nine-hole course. And the people have their cart barns. People have their own carts. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Talking hundreds of carts. I mean, you got one of their, when I first moved here, if I joined this place, they had five cart barns. And everybody had their own carts with, you know, <laughs> they had rooms for their clubs on most of them, but the coolers went on first. Oh, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> but it was wild. And you'd go out there and you'd see 12 guys playing at a time betting, you know, playing all kinds of games. That's what it is here in the Midwest in these little towns. And these little courses are phenomenal. They're just great. They're older. They're tree-lined. Um, and just the greens, a lot of them are, some of them have you know, what we call hamburger bun greens, where they just, they were pushed up. They didn't dig down. Yep. And they're tough to play, boy. <laughs> it's fun. What's, but,
0: r- uh, what's really fun, Dave, is where I live, I live about three blocks from the OGA course. That's the Oregon golf association. It's the Hmm. home of amateur golf in Oregon and all that lovely course. Um, you know, six miles, eight miles to the North of us is Langdon farms, which you heard about this. It's a, one Hmm. of the larger public courses. It's really nice. They get a tremendous amount of rounds at that course every year. And they have a very nice restaurant and they do weddings and stuff. there. It's really pretty. Across the freeway from where I am is the Woodburn Golf Course. 9 holes, like you were saying, tree-lined. All the trees are pretty symmetrical, they're trimmed up nicely. There's probably some broken ones over there now after the storm we had a couple of weeks ago. They've got sand greens. Oh, yeah. You know, but what's interesting is the Oregon Golf Association was really supported in the OGA course by a lot of the Filbert and Hop farmers in the little surrounding communities. Okay. Uh-huh. But those old boys love to play golf. But the original Woodburn course, they would go over there and they still do this. They go over there and they play that course because it's a hundred bucks a year, you can play as much as you want, or it's ten dollars or eight dollars around. And it's kind wow. of done on the merit system, honor system. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they'll go over there and work on their games before they ever set foot on the OGA course for the year, because then they're playing in men's club or a flight right. of something and doing that. And so it's kind of funny because you drive by the one across the freeway. And it's on a main road going to another couple of little towns, and you'll see these guys out there with their little pull carts and stuff, you know, Um mm-hmm and they're working on their, you know, approach shots or something. They rarely putt on those sand greens, um, right. but they just want to, you know, get as close to the pin and all that. And so they'll go over there and play half a dozen rounds, and then they go play at OGA the rest of the year. So,
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, we had a little town west of us in, in Illinois. We had, of uh, course, sand greens, And when I grew up, we had 10 kids that could break 80 in high school. We would have two teams going both play. So we had good players in our little town. Well, this little town, we always set them up as our first batch, And they had some good kids, but they had sand greens. And we would usually win our matches pretty easily, except when we went over there. It was always close because those local kids knew how to, you know, rake the green on your putting because that sand is oil and it's, you know, we never, we couldn't. And the ball would hit the green and bounce over. We know you got to run it up. These kids are hitting five iron from 100 yards, rolling around to these little things. We're trying to hit wedges in there, and man, maybe you want to make a little groove with that little wake to make their putt. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, but that's yeah. a whole other life, man. It was fun.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like we were saying, we're missing a part of rural America. I grew up in a very similar situation. Uh nine hole course not too far from my house probably five miles six miles um i don't think there was but one flat fairway on the whole nine holes you had canyons you had hills you had blind shots you had um you know up on a bluff hitting down hitting down up to a green on a you know really raised uh elevated plateau type thing and uh you know, those are the kind of courses too that really teach you how to make shots.
1: Well, you had to. Yeah. We, didn't have, we didn't have we didn't have water fairways. I mean, our we had par fours that were two hundred ninety yards. The ball roll forever. Yeah, but this the greens about the size of your living room. So you had to learn how to hit it short, and, and <laughs> or or hit it on. And we didn't have sand wedges back then. Back in the '60s, we didn't have sand wedges. If, if you did, it's covered over the green, but it was a, it's a different game, and in all these little towns, they're all that way. I mean, you just gotta. Um, they're not as manicured like some of the, the big ones are now. Right, so. <laughs> right.
0: No, I remember so our seventh grade history teacher, Dick Stevens. He played golf up there, pretty much rain or shine, except right in the mm-hmm. dead middle of winter. But he was, you know, you would go up there and you'd look on the scoreboard and. You know, I don't know what par was on that nine, forty-two, maybe, you know, something. I don't really remember. Uh, Dick was always shooting twenty-seven because he he managed. He man, he was just he would, you know, he had a way to play every hole. It never never changed uh, much. Depending on the weather, I'm sure it probably changed a little bit, but you know mm-hmm. his his approach shot was always maybe off to the left a little bit or whatever good angles and uh but I never knew if he went and played bigger golf courses anywhere,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but he was a shark on that little springwater golf oh, course, yeah. you know it was tough, it was That's tough. Awesome. Overall, we've got a few minutes left here, Dave. Overall, where do you think the golf industry is?
1: I think there's there's a lot of good things going on because we're expanding the game. Like we are talking earlier, the, there's a lot more kids playing. There's a lot, uh, every, you know, it, it's, it's expanding well. I think the focus now, you know, we're talking during break about the inner city, getting these uh Exposing them to the game because they're like, I keep again the old days. I mean, Lee Trevino, he didn't have any money. He, he talked, you know, the term he said, you want pressure because you got 10 bucks bet and you got 50 cents in your pocket, right? That's pressure. Yep, <laughs> so he didn't have any money. He'd work all day picking up the range and everything, go out and he just beat the heck out of everybody. So there's there's so many good kids that are there can play, you know. I think the. The focus now with making it, getting that, that that inner city group of kids and families involved. I think it's a great thing because golf is a. There's not other game that teaches you. It's only you. You can't blame anybody else. Yep. Um, I mean, it. Um, I was on a plane one time, and uh, <laughs> a general, General William Bessie, Joint chief of Staff for Ronald Reagan. He said uh, he lives in North. of In northern Minnesota, he said he fired a a general one time for cheating at golf. (laughs) And I'm going, I'm on a plane with this guy. I go, whoa, what? Who are you? And he says, yeah. He says, if he's going to cheat at golf, he's going to cheat on his troops and his country. I go, whoa. (laughs) That's true. He said, there's no other game. That it's only you. He said, I can tell. He said, I take anybody out and I take them on a golf course. You can tell more about a person on a golf course than any interview process, than anything you want to do. How do they handle the good shots, the bad shots? How do they interact with the other people? He says, you'll learn more about a person playing golf. So if we can get more people knowing and understanding that it's only you and how to handle good things, I mean, golf's a great game, man. So let's uh, get more... And I think, unfortunately, with the COVID and everything last year, it was a bad situation, but it turned out to be a good thing because more people golf. We had the biggest year in history uh, for a long time in golf and uh, around everywhere in the country and here, particularly. So,
0: yeah, it was that way here too because our courses were open. The state of Washington, which is right from where I'm sitting right now, is you know 17 miles up the freeway. Mm-hmm. Um, they were closed, and so all the guys. And gals, when I say guys, I don't mean it in a, you know, determine your gender deal. It's just a figure of speech for me. But they're all coming across and you had a hell of a time getting a tea time because all the Washington people were coming down here playing. Everybody was working from home. They all had extra time on their hands. And, you know, boom, check a boom. It was like that. And I have a bunch of them that I'm friends with on Twitter and stuff. And I was like, go back across the river, wait your yeah. turn, you know.
1: So you know, I, I I just think that the game is in a good position right now. Um, I, I keep the, my turn. Our term is keep it simple, stupid, keep it simple for the kids, get them involved in it. Don't overcoach them. Let them do their own swings and make it fun. And uh, you know, the, the percentage of people that turn pro and really are low handicappers is small. Yeah. So let's get as many people out there and have fun, make them have fun. And, um, hopefully, hopefully the rhymer is gonna help people play a little bit better and uh save a couple of shots here and there so but uh i, I think I think we're in a good position industry wise yeah. to uh get everybody get more players out there so
0: oh, I think it'll keep going because I think people are now seeing the value the yep. social aspect of it because it was one of the few places during the heyday of Covid where you could go and actually be around people right and but yet you were outdoors if you were riding in carts which i do a lot Mm -hmm. i got kind of a bad wheel on my left side here so uh, i you know i take advantage of that Mm -hmm. but they had these things that kind of a drop down plastic barrier in between at first and then they finally you know took those out and uh Besides everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people, once they got out of sight of the clubhouse, they were taking their mask off anyway. <laughs> That's right. And uh, so, you know, that worked out okay. And um, I really think it's been a boon year. You know, the food and beverage part of it crashed Oh boy, pretty good as far as the r- restaurants and the nicer clubs and uh, mm-hmm. golf courses and stuff. But it's coming back. But again, we had an advantage here in Oregon because you could do takeout. Um, right. you know, right. like that, but in a lot of states where you weren't open to play, period, um, very difficult, very difficult. Um, I heard a lot. Yep. yeah, Dave Riffy from uh Carlson Golf and uh, home of the Rhymer. I want to thank you, buddy.
1: It's been a real pleasure. I sure appreciate it. Thanks so much. And uh, everybody go have fun playing golf.
0: There you go. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Girling at the Green. Until then, uh, Go out, play a little golf and be kind to people. Take care, everybody.